Love that song. Uh, I say that I think like just about every time I play a little bit of a chorus before I start these podcasts. But there are just so many good worship songs out there that really just can speak to us as Christians. And that one has really been on my heart this week, and I've been singing it to myself all week long in the car, just really wherever I go. And the reason I have been is because. That should be our prayer. And, and the chorus, and I'll say, it, I'll say it again, and it says, if you're not in it, I don't want it. Let all else fade away. And that should be our prayer as Christians. You know, we've, we've found this amazing love who died on the cross for our sins. And so we've chosen to give our lives to God and to Jesus and giving ourselves completely to God and to experience the love that he has for us is amazing. But we don't realize that we probably aren't fully giving ourselves to God. We all say that we are. We say that we're fully giving ourselves to God. We're saying that we love Christ so much and that we do anything for him. But would we really? Are we truly giving ourselves to him? That's my main question for today as we talk because... As Christians, we have a tough road ahead, but with so many blessings along the way. And many times as Christians, we we choose the route of, okay, I've asked Christ into my heart. I've asked him to save me, wash me, cleanse me, you know, take away all my sins. And that's great. That's a start. That's a stepping stone. But you really have to give your whole self to God. You can't just wander back into your old habits and still expect all these blessings to come along the way and do you even be able to do what God wants you to do for him. And God wants us to be all about him. And, and when we're all about him, we can receive what he has in store for us. So the main scripture that I really want to ponder on right now, and I've, I've been kind of all over the Bible today, Psalms, Isaiah, John, first John, Joshua, <laughs> numbers, you name it. And it was, it's really hard to narrow down the main verses and scriptures and books of the Bible that I want to use. Um, but right now we're going to start with Psalms 51, 1 through 19. And, and you might hear 1 through 19, oh my goodness, Tori, that's a very long passage. But really, all in all, it's not. <laughs> Most of the Psalms are not very long. But Psalms 51 is a prayer of repentance. And this is when... It's a psalm of David when Nathan, the prophet, went to him after he had gone into Bethesda. And it starts with, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned. And done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. 
Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me, which we have talked about that in one of the past sessions, how we're all born out of sin. And so we're kind of, the world's against us from day one. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. You will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. And here you've heard it constantly says, you know, forgive me my iniquities. Take them away. Take away my transgressions because this is a prayer of repentance. He knows at this point what he's done is just so wrong. And he knows that he's got to take that time to repent and give himself back to God. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Mm, that's, <laughs> that's just so good right there. That was verse 12. It's restore the joy in me, God. Just restore the joy in all of us and your salvation. Lord, uphold us with that generous spirit. Verse 13, then I will teach transgressors your ways. This is what we're called as Christians to do. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. With burnt offering and whole burnt offering, then they shall offer bulls on your altar. So, through all 19 of these verses and it was psalms 51 if you're following along god we pray this long prayer of repentance and you know we ask please god take away the transgressions give me back the joy restore my joy for your salvation lord and and as sinners he does he he says you know what you're my child i love you so you here i am i'm taking it all away but in that same time, while we're praying this long prayer of repentance, and we know we mean it at the time, we say we mean it, but are we really ready to sacrifice our world, worldly lives in order to live for God? And I'm just going to let you sit and ponder on that question for a minute, because it's, it's a hard question to answer. We say absolutely, yes, we are. We're sacrificing our worldly selves. We're not doing anything of this world. And I'm still learning this, but we say we're willing to live only for God, but are we truly? God even tells us in Isaiah to be willing and obedient to him. And when we do this, when we become obedient and we're, when we're willing to do what God says, he, he will bless us. But 
it's getting rid of our old selves and letting the new come in and letting God, letting God just invade our hearts and invade our lives. And, and it's a huge change. It's huge sacrifices. And they might hurt at the time, but they're so good because they're so much better. And what God has in store for you is so much better. And Isaiah 1, 16 through 20 talks about washing yourselves, making yourselves clean, um, let, putting away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, you shall be white as snow. And he repeats this so many times in the Bible. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And quite frankly, I don't want to be on that end of the sword. I don't want to be devoured. I want what God has for me, but I have to do what God wants me to do. I have to be obedient. I have to be willing to do what God calls me to do. And here I am still learning this at 28 years old. You know, I grew up a Christian. I was raised in a very good Christian home. And I understood these things when I was younger, but I never really took them to heart. So we want to be willing and we want to be obedient, but how can we do that when we choose to still live of this world? And honestly, to answer that question, we can't. If we're choosing this world over God and doing the things of God, then we will not be able to enjoy the greatness and the fullness of his love and the full amount of blessings that he has to offer us. So when we choose to still live our, our worldly ways, we cannot, and honestly, we will not, Do what God calls us to do. And the reason I say this is because you're not going to be able to hear God speak to you. And and the reason is because your life is so full of what's going on in society. You're so caught up in the world and the chaos that, that it's overpowering what God is speaking to you. You're choosing to listen to the world and you're choosing to lose yourself and lose what God has given to you. And it's like that song says, I don't want to gain the whole world to lose my soul. And like I said, I am still learning this at 28 years old. There are things that are so hard to stop, things that are so hard to give up. It's hard to be a good Christian, especially now. But that's no excuse, is it? So we we have to let go of certain things. We have to quit listening to the world and and letting that chaos overpower our minds and our bodies and our ears because when we're listening to all this negativity and we're allowing that into our lives and allowing that into our hearts, then where does that leave room for God? And there is no room. And that's why that song says, you don't want to gain the world to lose your soul. And 1 John also says, and it's verse 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And that was just verse 15, and that one hits hard and stomps on some toes. I mean, that crushes my toes. If you're living in the world, then the love of the Father is not in you. If I'm living of the world, then the love of the Father is not in me. And quite frankly, that's scary. That's a scary thought. 
especially nowadays with everything that's going on. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So our bad thoughts, our sinful ways, our sinful thoughts, the lust of the eyes, the things that we want, our pride, everything that we put above and before God, that's of the world. And it's not of the Father. And then verse 17 says, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who dwells with the will of God abides forever. And I love it. And, and I love the fact that you can read those scriptures and you will abide forever as long as you are living for God. And you are allowing the Father in your life and allowing the Father to be your world instead of allowing the world to be your world. So if it's not of God, it's just as that song says, if it's not of God, then I don't want it. If you're not in it, Father, I don't want it. And that's so hard for for some of us to, to understand and to recognize. But when... When I started really kind of revamping my life about, gosh, six months ago now, um, and I started putting God first, and I started letting a lot of the worldly things pass away, and the worldly things go, and yeah, there's still things I do, and I have fun. It's not to say you can't have fun, but you got to watch who you are. Where's your heart? Where does your heart lie with God? And and that's why I wanted to talk about First John two fifteen through 17, and elaborate off of... <laughs> Psalms 51 through 19 after repentance and go through all these other scriptures before it because it explains how we're not to live of this world. The world will pass away, but you are living of the world. And if you are living of the world, you too will pass away. But by doing the will of God, listening to God, getting all of those negativity, those negative thoughts, getting everything out of your head, then you can start hearing God. You can start to be obedient And you can quit living of the world and you can start living for him and doing the work that he has called you to do. So this doesn't mean forget the other people in this world. As Christians, one of our main earthly duties while we are here is to tell others about God and to tell them about Jesus Christ and how God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And that that is the greatest gift of all. That is the greatest love possible. And how he showed his love. And how he loved us enough, knowing that we were still going to be sinners, even after Jesus died on the cross and he, he, he took all of our transgressions, he bore those stripes on his back, but yet he still loves us anyway. Even if we keep backsliding, even if we keep, you know, getting involved with other things that are not of him, he still loves us. But... He's, and he's going to continue to love us, but he wants to love and bless us at the same time. And when we choose not to live for God or live of God, even though we say we've asked for forgiveness, we've asked Jesus into our hearts. But if we choose to still live of the world, then you're missing out on all of God's love that he has to offer you and all of the blessings he has to offer you. So you have to be willing to live a life of obedience to God. And while it sounds really scary, you can still dig into your Bible because if you think about it, if you're listening and there are things in your life that you know for a fact that should not be in your life, things that don't belong, things that are hindering you 
from living for God, then it's scary. It's scary to say, I'm going to live a life of obedience to God. I'm going to do what God calls me to do. I honestly get scared to death when I have to sing in front of people, but God gave me a gift. And I generally don't let people hear that gift, but God will also take it away as quickly as he gave it to me. So that's me being obedient. If I get up and sing in church, if, if I do that for the Lord, then that's me being obedient. And maybe somebody can get a blessing out of that. Me doing these podcasts now, that's me being obedient to God. That's one of the ways that I'm trying to live for God. And one of the ways I'm trying to listen to him and, have, and do what he tells me to do. I don't just come up with this stuff off the top of my head. I, I talk to God. I take my time. And I'm willing to listen and to be obedient and to put the word out there. Was it scary at first? Absolutely. The first things that go through your head are, who's going to judge me? Before I posted it on Facebook last week, I, I did probably five or six podcasts before I even posted it. And, you know, only one or two people were listening here and there. And that was probably just, you know, close members of my family who knew about it. But I stepped out. I took a leap of faith. And I finally listened to God. It only took you know, uh, five or six episodes, (laughs) but it's scary. But once you start digging into your Bible and you put on that whole armor of God, then he's going to keep you safe. And And you say, well, I don't, I don't understand Tori. What's, what's the whole armor of God? Well, let's just start with digging into your Bible because when you do that, then you, you, you are going to be able to read these scriptures about the armor of God and the sword and the shield and the helmet of salvation that you can put on in order to live for him and to do what he calls you to do. And that is in Ephesians chapter six, if I'm not mistaken, let me take a quick look. I'm sorry. I wasn't prepared to get into that. That's what I get for venturing off. But Ephesians chapter six, and it's verse 11, and it talks about putting on the whole armor of God and, and doing, <clears throat> excuse me, doing what God is calling you to do. And when you do this, it's not going to be as scary because you've decided to live for him. You're digging into your Bible and you are stepping in, finally stepping into the will of God and what God has called you to do. So the whole armor of God It talks about, I'm sorry, it's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. What we're reading out of right now, that is the sword of the spirit. That is, that is our sword. We can fight the evil out there. We can, we can stand firm against Satan and, and his minions. And we can say, I have power over you. I have the authority now. 
because I have my shield of faith. I have my whole armor of God on and you cannot penetrate this armor. So you take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So when you are willing and you decide to live the life of obedience, you get into your your Bible, you dig and you, you, you find and start listening and do what God has you to do. And you put on that armor, the full armor of God then there's your safety and that's his love for you too. You know, this Bible wasn't just written as a guideline for us to just keep walking through everyday life and do whatever we want to please. That's, that's just not how it works. This was written for us as Christians so we can walk for, within the life that God has called us to do. And he will bless you for those things that you do for him. This will help you stand firm in your faith and you'll grow deeper in love with Christ. And when I first started really getting into my Bible every day, I had to set a reminder on my phone, do your devotion, read your Bible or this, that or the other. And I said it for the same time every day and I still have it on my phone, but now I wake up and most of the time, I can't say it's every day. Sometimes I, I do forget still, or I have things that I get in the way, or I don't wake up early enough when I have to work. But I take the time to automatically go ahead and start digging into my devotions or digging into my Bible. And this is because I have grown deeper in love with Christ. And I just want you to do the same thing. I want you to feel that love that you have for Christ or the, the, the love that Christ has for you and the love that God has for you. And when you start to do these things and you stand firm in your faith and once you start growing deeper in love, he will keep you and he will make you prosperous and victorious. And Joshua 1, 8 verses through nine, 8 through 9 talks about God being with you and how you can be prosperous And the reason I really like that scripture is because it says that you shall not depart. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, which remember, this is your, this is your, your sword, your shield, your armor, your helmet, your, your shoes, everything. This is what you have to fight with. And the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall not meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage and do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And once you strap on that whole armor and you start doing what God has called you to do, then guess what? You are going to be involved with so much more and you're going to have the blessings and you're going to feel the love of God just pouring out on you. And when you do that, people are going to see that difference. And and giving up your old ways and the ways of this world and fully, I mean, fully going into the word of God and trying to be as obedient as possible, then you are going to be prosperous and victorious and you are going to be able to show others the love of God that brought you to him and that you can help them feel the love of God and you can help bring them to Christ. 
So we want you to be prosperous and we want you to be victorious. And, and that's got all God wants for you. So when we do this, we're going to have so much more that's in store for us that we didn't even realize. I've already been blessed in so many ways this year, just in the past six months because I've turned my life around. Am I saying that blessings are going to come that quickly? No. Am I saying it's going to be easy? Absolutely not. But it's going to be okay because you can stand firm on your faith and you'll have that foundation because you are reading and, and you're believing and, and you're giving all your effort into the things that God has for you and you're being obedient. And then you're still going to feel his love and it's going to be with you so much deeper and so much greater in your spirit and in your soul and in your life. So the one last verse, I know I had a lot today, um, but this has also been on my heart this week too. And it's because of that song, The Blessing by Carrie Job. If you've heard it and it's straight biblical, it's straight from the word of God. And it's number six, 24 through 27. And I just want to end on this. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. And we are God's children. We're all God's children. And, and we want those blessings that he has in store for us. But, but we've got to do what he is calling us to do. Even if that means giving up certain things that you just love. And it's hard. And it's scary. But dig into your Bible. Get into God's presence. Feel the love of Christ. Put on your armor. And he will keep you safe. And he will bless you. And he will make you prosperous and victorious. And may he be with you. And keep you. So I just wanted to end on that scripture. And I I just want to end in prayer. So dear Heavenly Father... We just thank you and, and we love you, Father. We always, we enter our prayers with thanksgiving in our hearts, Father, because we, we want to first say thank you for all that you do, for all that you've done for us, for all of your blessings, Lord, for waking us up this morning, for your grace and mercies that are new every morning and every day. Lord, we just, we praise your holy name for all that you've done and what you continue to do, Jesus. And there's just no other way to say it but thank you. But God, right now, as, as we stand firm in the word of God and we stand on our faith, Lord, if anybody is listening and they, they feel or they know that there are things in their lives that are keeping them from, from doing what they are called to do for you, God, then we ask, Lord, and, and we just want to give everything over to you that's not of you, Lord. God, you've given us so much already and you have so much more in store for us because we are your children and we are your people and we are called and we are called to do the things of you. But Lord, Lord, plug our ears for the things of this world, but open them up to you and open them up to your word so that we can hear you, Lord. The things that are not of you, Lord, we are asking right now in Jesus' name, that they be removed. And that is a hard prayer to pray. But God, with my whole heart and hopefully anybody listening right now, God, that they feel the same. And, and we just, we want to, to take over the world with you being our number one. We want to show others your love, Lord Jesus. 
but we're wanting, we have to give ourselves over to you, God. And I, for the, for the people who might be feeling this way, Lord, I just ask that you speak to them right now, Lord, that they can hear you, that they, they don't have the things of this world invading their minds or invading their hearing, Lord, but only you are talking to them right now, Jesus, that only you are the ones that one that they can hear so they can understand what needs to be done in life and what they need to do for you and how to be in the will, your will for their lives and for my life, Lord Jesus. We want to abide with you forever, God. We don't want to be of the world. We just want to praise you. We want to show others about you, Jesus. And we want to say thank you. Help us to be strong. Help us to stand firm in our faith, Lord. And we give you glory and honor and praise. And we thank you for your blessings. And we thank you for this week. And we thank you for all that you do, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. I hope everybody has a good week. I know I keep getting longer, I feel like, each session. And I apologize for that. But there's so much to be said in such little time. And I thank you for taking the time to listen. But I want you to listen for yourselves. And I want you to soak it in. And I want you to be able to get those things out of your life that are preventing you from going forward with God's calling. And I hope you have a great week. And I appreciate everyone. And I really hope that you've enjoyed the session. And I look forward to next week.